Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. So, yeah, your, your background, take us through the, uh, the journey. Yeah, what's, what's been your journey? Uh, to yeah, um, yeah. Thank you, thank you. First of all, Alex, thank you for having me on the podcast, on the show. Right, it's a it's a privilege to be connected yeah. um, with like minded people, but I also think to share my journey with people with your audience, yeah. who maybe the people who really wants to think, ah, maybe I, I desire more, but how do I get more? You know. Mm-hmm. So in my journey is from a really humble background, you know. Uh, over in Grenada, the Caribbean. I mean, growing up, we didn't have much. And when I say we ca- I came from poverty, sometimes I actually don't use the word poverty. What I say is that I have always challenged the assumptions and the expectations of what I'm capable of achieving. Mm. Yeah. So effectively, growing up was tough. We never had running water. We never had light, like electricity. We didn't have TV. Mm. Uh, we didn't have I- any inside toilets, you know. Um, yeah. That's my background. But what I realized at a very early stage is that education is really important. I mean, mm. for me, I actually grew up in an area called the Grenada Revolution. Yeah. So there was a guy who's very uh, revolutionary called Maurice Bishop. And he um, was really on a mission to really educate the people to use our own um, local produce uh, to make um, nectars, etc. And and, and in my early in my early teens, because I was actually in the military at the age of 13 years old. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I was actually a militia. Um, was, it, remember, uh, was that a compulsory requirement or you just... No, well, I, I guess my father wasn't around. Hmm. So it's something like this, right? Um, there was a revolution in my country, which was mainly uh, like a socialist kind of Cuba, uh, Russia uh, involvement. I lasted for only four years, and there was the famous American invasion of Grenada in 1983. Hmm. So um, I was actually born in 1969. You, you, you can look at my age anyway. Actually, yesterday was my birthday. Oh, so, wow. Happy yeah, birthday. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So, yeah, I was 52 yesterday. <clears throat> but I know I look a bit younger. Yeah, so by, <laughs> by, by the time, by time I was 13 years old, I was in the militia. Hmm. And I didn't focus on school a lot. And I actually repeated a year. Well, I'm basically, I, I failed to get promoted up into the next year because hmm. I was doing so badly at school. And my mom almost wanted to take me out of school hmm. and, put, and put me to learn a trade, like, I don't know, like a plumber or yeah. <laughs> something like that. Electrician or something. Yeah, yeah. but then, then the revolution actually ended. Uh, the Americans invaded, invaded and the revolution ended, and I turned my ambition to, um, to becoming the scholar of the school, to becoming the first scholar of the school. Mm-hmm. So I went from failing to get promoted to become the valedictorian. I got the most subjects, and um, I graduated like, like almost like a scholar, literally, passing all maths, physics, chemistry, all these subjects. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I went on to college, and then I started uh, working uh, in Grenada, my first job was for a newspaper company, yeah. and I worked. And I worked for a hotel 
which was actually literally on the beach. Yeah, mm. on the beach. It was so lovely on the world famous Grand Ends Beach. But I wanted more, right? I, 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 had, I was ambitious. I wanted more. My dad lived in Canada. He never helped me. Um, he died last year. I went oh, yeah. to see him. I went yeah. to see him. Mm. I knocked on my dad's door for like 20 minutes to half an hour, and he didn't open. Mm. Did he and know it was you? He knew it was me. He's in there. Yeah. And then he opened, and then he said, and then he said to me, I told you not to come. I told yeah. you not to come. And my dad did not even invite me in. Mm, and um, it was really tough. I lived in Canada for almost two years. Mm. And I, then I went back home to Grenada and then I started doing farming. Mm. So because when I was growing up, even while like, I think from age 10, I started selling stuff in school. My mom used to help let me make fudge and sugar cake and, and sell. And um, I used to have lots of animals as well as a young boy. So farming is something that we did back home, you know, my mom did, you know, my, my, my grandmother did. So I turned my hand to farming as my first business. Yeah. And then um, I farmed like almost like three acres of land with my own hands on my own. Wow. <laughs> then I started selling stuff at the market. I started doing like a side hustle. I was probably like in my early 20s. I started selling corn soup by the road. Mm. And all the money I make, I started putting it into my mom's property. So now my mom's property now, we started putting concrete. We had water. By, the, by then we had electric. I also learned how to, how to do electrics myself. Mm. So I started, doing, I started doing construction myself. I like literally like putting concrete beams, um, doing plumbing. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, with my with myself, seriously. Then I started working with the Mason guys sometimes. So I actually started building my mom property out with mm. all the money from the farming. And then I got a next job in a hotel. And then uh, from that, I I got a next job. I said I want to be an accountant, a qualified accountant. Mm. I think I, I, I was in, it's, it's in my story. For any of your listeners who want my book, yeah, they can get a free copy of my book. Yeah, uh, money money management for business owners and entrepreneurs. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they can just email me and they can get a free copy. Yeah. So effectively, um, I was inspired by the, by the chief accountant, and mm-hmm. I went to an accountancy firm back then. Uh, I think it was called Panel Foster's, and I said to the guy, "I want to become an accountant." Mm. And, he, and he gave me the ACCA forms and I filled them out and I started doing the ACCA on my own. And then he asked me if I wanted to, to where, where, where I wanted to work, if I wanted to be an auditor or if I wanted to work in, he gave me some options. Mm. And one of the options was to work with his brother who owned a bakery. And I worked there and I became the financial controller. I also taught evening classes. And then I took a loan and I came to the UK. My mom put up security for me to come to the UK. Yeah. My mom, my mom put up her house and her land and her salary went through the bank so I can get a loan to come to the UK to study accountancy. Yeah. And that's the beginning of my story in the UK. Wow. Wow. I came, I came in June 1997. Um, to summarize just my story, People can look. People can look me up, Royston Cumberbatch. 
-hmm. you can see I work for some really big companies. Like I work for Aviva. I work for Aviva Investors, HSBC. I work for big banks, you know, Lloyd Bank, Lloyd's Banking Group, um, State Street Bank, coming from nothing to that. And I think what really helped me to get there was self-belief. Yeah. Like, like visualization is something I encourage people to do. Like visualization means um, have a view of where they see themselves, but see themselves into the future yeah. almost, almost daily. You know, um, it's not like meditation, I think, is, um, and I meditate even this morning, I meditate. To me, meditation is more like 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 grounding you or, or centering you. Mm. But to me, visualization to me is more projecting you. Like when you visualize, like even as I spoke to you, as I was speaking to you, like before coming onto the podcast, uh, mm. on, on this session, that my next journey is to go back home and like build out my property and do stuff. It's, it's really a vision. Yeah. Every day I'm already thinking, how am I, where am I going what am I going to build out next? How am I see it happening? I'm kind of living my life in the future in my dreams now. Hmm. So I would say it's very important to dream. To dream, yeah. <laughs> to, 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 no, it's, it's, well, basically, as Napoleon Hill said, and you can see on my bookshelf, I've got a few books by Napoleon Hill. Is the, the best book I can recommend for people is called Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's the same concept, right? If you think and grow rich, what does that mean? It means that you can think about richness, you can think about wealth, yeah, and wealth will come. I mean, your your show is called uh, Business Wealth Mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, your mind, you have two minds, right? Your, your conscious and, and your subconscious mind. And what I will say is that based on your experience, your beliefs, what you surround yourself with, you can cultivate a very positive subconscious mind. Yeah. And that can help you to, to think about the things that you want to achieve and yeah. to have the positive mindset. So yeah. that's kind of the summary of my journey. I then obviously I invested in properties Mm -hmm. I got properties in the UK, properties in Grenada. Yeah. What I love doing now is that I actually love to give back. I'm in a, I'm I'm actually in the phase of giving back. Giving back, yeah. So giving back to me means I help people for free. Uh, people who I mentor and coach. Um, I believe in the law of attraction. I I, I believe in, in in the universal laws. You know, um, so the law of vibration. I just believe like um, the more you give, the more you get. Yeah. So now I'm on a journey of like just giving, and the universe opens up to me. <laughs> Literally, um, I wouldn't have met you if, yeah. if I wasn't. You know, <laughs> if I wasn't on Clubhouse, mm -hmm. giving a free talk about wealth mindset, yeah. connected to someone who you know, I wouldn't yeah. have met you. So it shows you that it works. Absolutely. And and that, that's the world now, isn't it? I mean, when I started this this podcast, I had no idea, you know, uh, who um, I was going to interview, who I was going to meet, and that what inspiration they were going to uh, give to the people and to the listeners. And look, I'm here speaking to you now. But I think one of the distinguishing factors as well, it's 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 great how you, you talk about 
uh, us having to think about uh, the vision and the things that we yeah. want. But, uh, I, th I think people get stuck on the point where, you know, they don't see any link of how they are going to get the things that they visualize, yeah? But that, that, that is, uh, I mean, I mean you, you talk about think and grow rich. That is the whole point. You don't have to, to worry about how you're going to get it because the, the subconscious and the, the universe, when you give it that instruction of what you want by visualizing it, it finds its own way to deliver it to you. You don't have to worry about, yes, about I, that. But yeah, that I is, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, also, you want to write things down. Don't just think about it. You want to write it down. It's called affirmations. So you, you you yes think and grow rich yes but write it down the next thing is called journaling mm -hmm. so I, I've got a number of notebooks obviously I've got a planner here with me yeah. uh, which 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 obviously I scribe on I've got a number of notebooks where I, I, I scribble things I mean since speak since coming on here with you I started writing things down already yeah um, because for me when you think and then you move it from um, idea. To write it down, you kind of it's kind of a physical manifestation of the thing that you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. So the whole concept of I speak about visualization earlier. I mean, you you can also have a, have a, a vision board. Yeah. So I, I have a physical vision board that I look at at the time. Um, for example, um, seven years ago, I, I went to a business show. Uh, with a guy called and I, I went to a room called Shakir.com and he talked about like online education, etc. And I wrote these things down. I put on my vision board. And I'm living a vision from seven years ago. Mm. Now, you know, so that's why I say to people, um, think and grow rich. Have faith. I mean, faith, the word faith, right? So faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? It means that when you have faith, you believe in the universe that the universe will provide for you, but you can't see it. Yeah, you know, um, but you have a hope for it. You have a hope for a brighter future. You know, I talked about the power of dreams earlier. Think about it, like Martin Luther King. He says, "What did he say? He said, I have a dream that one day.' <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, he was physically dreaming that you know black people would have equal rights." And, yeah. even in, and it come to pass, right? So I think a lot of people fail to dream. I remember when I, when I, when I wanted to come to the UK, and I told you I did farming. Yeah. I, was I was literally in, the, in, in, my, in my farm, in my garden one day, and the rain was coming down. I was half naked. Mm. And I was among the banana trees and all that. Yeah. And, I had, and I had a vision of going to England. And you know, I didn't know anyone in England. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know anyone here. Even I had family here, I didn't know anyone. Um and why pick England? Because one of my teachers, my physics teacher, was English, and he said that England would be a good place for me. Yeah. Because there are there, there are polytechnics there. Yeah. Where, where you can do both um business and technical stuff. Yeah. And and do you know that I actually attended a polytechnic because um, Oxford Brooks, which we both attended, yeah, used to be a polytechnic. Polytechnic, yes, yeah. It, it used to be a polytechnic, or maybe it still is. Yeah. So it just shows you, man. Yeah. Wow. 
that's uh, what, what, what a journey, yeah. What a, what a journey. Yeah. I mean, do you have any any siblings or like uh, other mentors who have uh, helped you throughout your journey, or are you are you the only child? It's, it's a great question. I'm the oldest. Um, my first, well, on my mom's side, my first mom, my first brother is disabled, and he's been all his life in a home. Yeah. Oh. I'm I'm the oldest active one there. Um, so uh, on my dad's side, um, I only m- spoke to my brother, who is in his forties, for the first time last year, mm. when my brother died. And I have I have a sister who I've never spoken to. Mm. It's, really, it's a really sad life. Is is the life of um, yeah. black, a black Caribbean man, you know, with a broken home, right? Mm. But what I would say is that growing up in the Caribbean, we when I, when I was growing up, what I was saying is that growing up in the Caribbean, we had a community extended spirit, hmm. extended family in the sense of, it's a bit different now because obviously there was the internet age, right? Yeah. But, um, in, in our, and I guess it's the same like Africa. I've been to Africa. Yeah. And you know, the, the whole aspect of having a compound in <laughs> Africa, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that, that vibe exists in the in Grenada, but not exactly, or in the Caribbean, not exactly in the same way as Africa, where you have a compound with multiple families. Yeah. But I guess we used to have it, but I haven't seen it physically. Hmm. But what you, what you can find, uh, uh, because it's a small island, I knew I knew all my first cousins. Yeah. And, I, and, and most of my first cousins are like brothers. Mm. So, for example, there were elders who will help me even to pay for uh, my subjects. If, if, if my mom couldn't help me to pay for my exams, right? Yeah. I actually yeah. had cousins who helped me to pay for it. Or some cousins who I have who are like mathematicians or no, like, are like uh, economists, yeah? Or, mm. yeah, they basically, they mentored me as well. You know, so they're just first cousins, you know? And then you 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 spend a lot of time with your first cousins, yeah. And they had if they are doing well, then you want you want to do well as well. So I think that's probably my biggest inspiration. I will say also, in the community, there are people who once you were doing well. Like I remember when when I finished secondary um, school, and I had subjects. Say I mean, we call it subjects, like you know GCSE. I had like I, I had like nine subjects. And I want to get a job because back then, you know, they said we didn't have much. So effectively, I um, I approached a, a firm to get a job, and I actually got the job. Mm. But one lady uh, in the community, she says to me, "No, no, no! Don't, don't, don't go for the job. Go for the A levels. Go to college. Yeah. Then you can always get a job afterwards. You know, try and get a scholarship. Try and go and do a degree." And it wasn't my thinking, but when I, when, I, when I look back on it, I would say the best investment anyone can make is in their own education. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, yeah. But I mean, now looking back at, um, I mean, your, your history, because obviously there was a, quite a bit of a hardship there and you having to graft on your own to make your own life. Do you think that... Uh, shaped you to follow a particular direction? Like, I mean, if you had uh, things, you know, much better, your father around, maybe no money issues, do you think you would have uh, 
gone in a different direction and probably not be where you are now? What What's your thoughts around around well, the, it's the a, it's a it's a very good question. Hmm. I mean, the best parallel I have is uh, a friend of mine who we we were we were in school together. Hmm. And his father was on a boat working on a ship, you know, um, and they had money. And he used to come to school with his with the best watch, you know, um, best shoes, well dressed, had extra money. Mm. Um, even in secondary school, he even had a car. <laughs> but later on in life, he became an alcoholic. Uh. He became no one. Hmm. And if I look back at other people who have abundance, I mean, I remember I used to, uh, one one person in my school, a, a lot of people who had money, I used to teach them, even at school. Yeah, I, I was the one who will go the extra mile to understand the subjects, right? And then they just, I don't know, I wouldn't call them like they have a different brain, but maybe they didn't want to learn as much as I wanted to learn. And what I would say is that because I knew where I came from, I mm. knew I had to put in extra hours. Yeah. The, the, the thing that's very common about me that I, I don't often speak of is called burning the midnight oil. Mm -hmm. I, I spent many hours, even up until recently, yeah. where sometimes I will go through the whole night and I don't sleep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because I'm studying. Mm. Like most recently, because um, I'm building a funnel or I'm building something or I'm working on something that I will not, as Eric Thomas said, um, you sleep when the work is done, not when you're tired. Uh, that's you know? a good one. Yeah, so too many people, too many people get tired and yeah. they stop and they stop. You don't mm. you don't stop when you're tired. You stop when the work is done. The work is done. Yeah, that's a particular kind of mindset, isn't it? You know that that's a particular kind of of, of mindset. You know, and uh, obviously for you, you're highly driven, you know, highly inspired, highly motivated. But not everyone is that. Is is that is that building a character? I, I think probably for you, just like you mentioned, you didn't have a a plan B. It had to be plan A. Which is, you know, go and, yeah. uh, and achieve as much as you can. Maybe some other people who are more privileged had a plan B. Even if they don't do well at school, they could fall back on the parents or someone. But there wasn't that for you. So it's sort of from an early age you got built into into that kind of, uh, kind yeah. of person. Isn't it? I know, you know, I like what you said, right? And I believe that the times when I, when I did my very best. Mm -hmm. is when I did not have a plan B. Yeah. <clears throat> and and whenever you think of plan B, you don't do as well. Mm. Like whenever you do something to say, I'm just trying this out to see if it's going to work, mm. oftentimes it doesn't work. Or it doesn't work as fast as you can. Mm. For example, when I came to the UK to study, I took a loan of £10,000 to come and study my accountancy exams. There was no way on earth I was not going to pass all the exams in record timing. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are people who took um, many years to do the ACCA exams. Mm. My objective was to do it as fast as I can. And I'd completed all my exams in two and a half years. And you, maybe you know for yourself, it's actually 14 exams. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I even passed a couple um, back home on, on, on my own with, with no teacher. Yeah. And there was, there was no plan B. There is no, no plan B, you know. And, you know, but as you get older, I think, mm-hmm. you, get, I think you get a bit more uh, risk of, I think you, your, your risk appetite lessens. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know what, you, what, what is your take on that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you, you you become more because you've had so many experiences. You've experienced a lot of things. You've you've seen you know people do well, people fail, and uh, you get you get more more grounded. Probably the things that uh, uh, were important back in the days are not as important, uh, and uh, you've got uh, you you find new objectives and new new things because as human beings, you are always evolving, isn't it? You know, you you find new passions and new things that are challenging because. We, we we yearn for that constant and continuous stimulation. So if something that is happening, it's no longer stimulating us, we will move towards what is new and what is exciting. Like now, there seems to be a, a sort of a progression of your journey. Now you've achieved certain things of, of study, SCCA, and your businesses, your property. Now, from a self-actualization point of view, you're finding benefit in sharing that information and knowledge with others so you can see others, you know, come up and help. And that contribution to others gives you a sense of, you know, being and happiness and, you know, you're contributing something to the world, which, uh, you know, tends to to happen towards the latter part of having achieved certain things. It's almost like, uh, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I know I, I know what you're speaking about. But, yeah. <laughs> but I was talking about something even, uh, uh, and, and I agree with what you said. I agree with what you said completely. Mm. I was breaking down a bit more basic. As a child, mm. when you when you are running, yeah, mm-hmm. when, you, when you are learning to walk or learning to run, yeah, yeah. the child is going to fall. He most likely is going to fall. Mm-hmm. But even after he falls a few times, he knows he might fall again, but he still runs. He still runs, yeah. Mm. As an adult, if mm. you think you're going to fall, if you think you're going to fall, you, you, you wouldn't run. You wouldn't run. <laughs> but, often, but oftentimes, I would say, and I've listened to a few motivational speakers, oftentimes mm. I would say failure is a fuel for success. Mm. Yeah. I, would say, I would say many people who have not been successful, I probably say they haven't run until they fall. Yeah. Or I they haven't tried enough until they fail. Maybe they tried and it goes, ah, that's too hard. Mm. You know, it, it's the same concept of don't stop working when you're tired. You know, I think what to be I think to be successful, you have to go, you have to push yourself so hard until you fail. Mm. Until you fail a couple of times, and then you say, right, now I've learned something here. Let me go ahead. I say people need people need something called the Dyson spirit. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know Dyson the Hoover. Yes, yeah, yeah. Did you, did you know the story? Uh, what's the story? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, how, how many attempts did he have before he made the Hoover? Oh, loads of attempts. Just like uh, the um, the the um, uh, Ed Edison, isn't it? And his uh, uh, ten thousand attempts at the light bulb. Huh? 
<laughs> yeah, or, or even Tesla, who put yeah. one who put one point five billion into Bitcoin a couple of days ago. Yes. Um, I mean, when he started off with Tesla, people, you know, he, he didn't make money for years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's this car? Electric car? What, what's this concept? What's this? Is it making sense? You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think a lot of people they try something, and, I, and I've seen it in real life. Mm. I've got friends who I remember one friend of mine. When I came to the UK and I was doing my ACCA exams, he came to do an exam, an ACCA exam, and he left halfway of the exam. He left halfway. He left during the exam. He goes, this, this is too hard. Yeah. Big mistake, eh? Big mistake. It's better to fail the exam and then say, I want to pass this. Yeah. I want to pass this, and then you, and then you, and then you study hard, and then you go again. Mm. So I think for the people who are not motivated, going back to that question, right? Mm. I will say the biggest, and obviously I've got a blueprint. So I've got something called the profitable business blueprint that I help people to make more money, um, to manage money better, and to multiply the money, right? Mm. So what, what I was, and I actually start off with people's mindset. My first yeah. module is called the Real Reason Roadmap. Mm -hmm. What is the real reason why you want money? Yeah. You know, I think people need to start with the question, why? Why? <laughs> why do you want more money? Yeah. If, yeah. You had a, if you had a million pounds, what would you do with it? Mm -hmm. And we often know of people who won the lottery and, yeah. they lost, and they lost it all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't have a why for the money. They didn't have a reason for wealth. Mm. So I think uh, the bigger your why, the bigger your drive. Yeah, drive. Mm -hmm. So people who are not motivated, and they, they might be listening to this, I think the first thing you have to write down is that, why do I want a better life? Yeah. But don't just stop on the first why. I have this like, tool called Seven Levels Deep. Mm -hmm. When you get when you get the answer to the first why, I want money because I want to be rich. I can set the question: Why do I want to be rich? Yeah, I want to be rich so I can have a good lifestyle. Why do you want to have a good lifestyle? Yeah, <laughs> keep asking why seven times. Mm -hmm. Write it down, and at the seventh one, that's the real why, and that's what's going to motivate you. Mm. So for me, it's around gratitude. Yeah. It's around giving back. Mm. It's, around, it's around legacy. Yeah. So just take, taking you back to where we talk about failure and, and, and learning, uh, learning from failure. So mm. where does the balance lie between, you know, working hard at something and failing or working smarter by learning from other people's mistakes so you don't make them. Because there's a, a number of different thoughts, isn't it? They say if you're smarter, you can leverage. It's all about leveraging, leveraging other people's mistakes. So I, I, I like that. I like that. I, I mean, and you are right. And even my own podcast, even my own webinar, which I've just re recorded recently, hmm. I put working hard is important. Yeah. But it's better to work smarter than to work harder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So number one, there is no um, substitute for hard work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Working smarter is not a substitute for hard work. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably a supplement. It probably supplements hard work. Yeah. And if what, what you're talking about there is something that um, I listen to a lot of motivational speakers. I've listened to a lot of people. I've studied a lot of people. Um, Tony Robbins called it modeling, modeling, modeling success. Don't try to recreate success. Mm-hmm. Look at someone who's already successful and model what they're doing. Yeah. So I'm a big advocate of, yes, working smarter. But I don't want people to think that working smarter means not working hard. Yeah. I would say work hard the smart way. The smart way. Wow. That's, <laughs> uh, that's a great title for this episode. I have to write it down. <laughs> work, work hard the, the smart s- way. Yeah, work hard the smart way, you know? Because what does that mean? What does working hard the smart way means? It means that you want to, your hard work must give you some rewards. Yeah. You know? And those rewards, like, for example, I told you about all my earlier story. If you listen to my earlier story, yeah? yeah? When I worked hard in the farm and I made the money, mm-hmm. I went to the market. I sold the produce. Even if I didn't sell all the produce, I will exchange produce with the farmers. Mm-hmm. So some people had farine, some people had um, fish. Yeah. And it's called barter in the old process. It still works, right? Mm. So eventually I will come home with money and a whole heap of stuff. The money yeah. I had, I then took that money, I put it into property. Mm. Today, right. today, that same property today that I had my mom develop. She's got tenants living in the property, the same property that I built. I call that you're working hard to work smart. So now my mom doesn't have to work as hard because my hard work went into properties, means that money is now making money. Wow. It's now working, working harder. And that brings us perfectly into this financial intelligence. You know? Yeah, financial <laughs> intelligence. That brings us into financial yeah. which is what I'm a big advocate of, actually, financial yeah. intelligence. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, when you talk about, uh, you know, our business strategy and, and financial intelligence, even the small business owners, the importance of understanding even the basics of financial intelligence is key. Talk, talk us through that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But obviously, thank you for that. And obviously, I also have a podcast out as well myself called yeah. Financial Intelligence Mindset. Mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And financial intelligence at the heart of it is about uh, people uh, understand the numbers behind their business. Mm-hmm. And a number of people goes, I don't need to understand the numbers behind my business because I ha- because I have an accountant. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's so wrong. The, the the best quote I have is from a guy who I follow. I'm, I'm dropping a lot of names here today. Because mm. I, I used to talk about model success, right? Yeah. So this, guy, this guy is called Keith Cunningham. He's a white guy. He's in America. He's also an accountant mm. who, who helps business owners. Mm-hmm. So I so I model him because he's, he's he's much older than me. He's lost $100 million and, and, he, and he made it back. Mm. And, and what he says, right? He says, financial statements are your scorecard. Like any game, is mm. your, your scorecard. Mm. But he says, if you cannot read the scorecard, then you don't know the score. Yeah. And if you don't know the score, then you don't know if you're winning or losing. 
So I will say at a very basic level, business owners need to know the profitability on their products, not just at the end of the year, mm-hmm. but every month, every week, every product they sell, they need to know what is the break-even point? How much profit have I made on a particular product? What's, yes. my, what's my margin? If, 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 I reduce my, if, if I reduce my price by X amount, what, how, how does that impact my margin? And therefore, my contribution to the bottom line. I mean, this is some very technical stuff. Yeah, yeah. But financial intelligence is, is about managing your business a smart way, managing money smartly. And at the heart of it, what I teach people is to say, look, so, so, so for me, as a business owner, you must understand the numbers behind your business, right? The big thing, I talk about profit. <clears throat> people say, I want more profit. And I, what I actually say is that profit is value creation. Profit is a reward for creating value. The more mm-hmm. value you create, the more value you give, the more profit you have. Mm-hmm. But, the real, but the real financial intelligence is say, don't run your business for profit. Run your business, run your business for free cash flow. Free cash flow. What is free cash flow? Free cash flow is all the money that's left over after paying all expenses and buying all assets. Is money available to reinvest back into the business? Into the business. Or even to reinvest in assets or reinvest in someone else's business. So what I say is that when you have a business, you, you want to get to a point whereby you're making enough money to run the business, but then you have money to make that money make money. Yeah. Does, yeah. That make, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah. all the big companies do it, right? Take, take Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Amazon pay very little taxes because mm-hmm. they have huge R&D departments, yeah. re- research and development departments, and, and, and R&D, um, these big companies get, get tax credits for R&D. Yeah. But they also pump money into R&D. They're always researching stuff. They're always researching, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, how to um, use data more smartly, you know. So they're making money, but they're pumping the money back into the business, you know, yeah. like, like all this cloud stuff, etc. Many small business owners, I think they lack the financial intelligence. And I, I, I want to go as basic as, as this, right? Mm-hmm. They don't understand the difference between an asset and a liability. Mm. So they, they start making money, and instead of buying more assets, which gives them more income, yeah. they extract the money and they buy luxury items, shiny mm. objects, which are liabilities, yeah. which takes away money from them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So that's just a nutshell of like. I mean, yeah, I'm really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm really passionate about the subject, and for me, financial intelligence means. To being smarter with your money, making mm. your making your money make money, but most importantly, understand the numbers behind your business. Do yeah. you re- do you really understand uh you know uh your ratios? For example, let me give you a quick example. If a business is growing year on year and it's hiring people, you can do a simple ratio, uh, say something called your employee contribution ratio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by taking the sales, dividing it by the employees to really work out if by hiring more people that is helping mm-hmm. your sales. 
Because oftentimes people go, oh, I need a bigger team. But is that bigger team helping you to make more money? And, and the answer is, if it's not going to help you make more money, then, then you obviously don't need a bigger team. Hmm. So yeah. it's, it's just helping you to make more informed decisions. Yeah. Based, based, based on analysis. Analysis, yeah. But, but then uh, let me put this to you now. In the, in the context that in a, in a business, probably people will have different skills and different things that they are good at and they're more sort of thing, things that uh, they are motivated to do. Because if you're not motivated to do anything, it's, it's like you don't, you don't observe it. So where does the uh, leverage lie? So for example, a small business owner, can he leverage this understanding of uh, financial intelligence in their business to someone else who can probably just come and tell them? Or is it important for the business owner to actually get engaged in that? Do, yeah. do you get to achieve the same result of maybe someone yeah. gives you an update on a Monday morning or whatever. And I like it. And that's how the big companies work, right? Because yeah. like like with the big companies, the owner is not sitting there analyzing the numbers. Uh, what they have is something called governance. Mm -hmm. And they have boards, they have committees, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and the owner sits, sits yeah. there as a shareholder and there are different committees and some people are speaking. But mm. the key thing here is that the owner must be able to understand, understand. What, what the people are talking about. Yeah. It's even if the owner has someone giving them the insights, the highlights, like, like the KPIs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they don't understand what he's speaking about, it doesn't mean anything. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like planting a, a seed on rock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would say for a small business owner, you first need to understand it yourself, understand the nuts and bolts about your business, mm -hmm. understand, you know, how to read a PL, how to read a balance sheet, a cash flow statement, how, how do they all interlink? And once you know that, then you can uh, outsource the accounting to someone, yes, and you, and you should always do that. But the financial insights you yeah. should you should retain. Yeah. Even if you outsource the analysis. The financial insights, meaning what is analysis telling you? Yeah. You should yeah. know. And let's equate this to a rich person who has a chauffeur, mm -hmm. a, a driver. Mm. And most rich people do. Yeah. So, you have, so you have a chauffeur. So you obviously don't drive yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're in the car, you must be able to look at the dials and see how fast they're going. I see. They, yeah. can they can tell you, oh, I'm only going 60 miles per hour. You see, it says, it feels like we're going really fast. <laughs> you should be able to see, yes. You should mm. be able to see if the oil light has come on. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and my guy, Keith Cunningham, mm. um, he says, he equates it of being in the cockpit of a plane. Yeah. Mm with all these buttons, et cetera, all these things, right? Um, if, if, if you put a, a business owner in a plane and you tell them fly the plane, they wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. But it's just the same in your business. All the dials in a plane are like dials in your business that you can touch, you can pull to, to make your business fly to a higher level. Yeah. Wow, that's, uh, 
a very good illustration actually yeah because yeah. you can you can visualize it and it, it makes sense you know <laughs> yeah but but you as a business owner needs to know what does that button do what does mm. that thing do if i want to cruise what do i do if i want to go faster what do i do mm. you know if i want to 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 weather the turbulence yeah what, what, what do i need to do right now mm. you know and you want to know that even if you have someone most big planes they also have a co-pilot they also have someone else on the side they also have people in the back mm -hmm. like doing stuff but the pilot navigates the plane to its destination mm. i think as a business owner you want to navigate your business to higher levels the maximum profit more cash flow higher investment income yeah really yeah. brilliant yeah that's uh that's really very good, uh, Royston. So, I mean, what, what would you say from uh, uh, you know your your experience of, of mm. uh, people? What what would you say would uh, would would be the biggest issues that businesses struggle with, and the lessons or the tips that you can offer them mm. to to think about in their business? The biggest issues that they struggle with, mm. I think. I think the biggest issue, number one, is, is, is around a mindset around numbers, right? Hmm. So people go, I don't like numbers. Uh, even if you have some people in business, they go, I don't need to know the numbers. I have an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you need to know your numbers, number one. Yeah. You, you need to know your key numbers. You need to know if you're running ads, like you're doing like um, Facebook ads or Google ads or whatever, however you get your customers, you need to know the cost per acquisition. I mean, it's a, it's a very basic stuff, right? You, you, you yeah. need to know your break-even point, and you, like you should need to know this, right? Yeah. Again, for for a small man, you need to build a team. Um, I, you know, you're talking about working harder versus smarter. Mm. You can leverage a small team. You can leverage a team, um, because by leveraging a team, it helps you to to go faster. It also helps you to reduce your tax liability as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say taxes. Mm -hmm. um, there are ways in which you can optimize your tax and don't pay the taxman a lot of money. <laughs> there are smart ways to invest your profits, even tax free. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, putting your money into a SAS or a SIP. That's just one way. Inside is, is, a, is a, it's a tax free vehicle, which people can then invest into other things like stocks and funds, etc. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. So, but the biggest thing I would say is that people don't even understand that profits is not even cash. <laughs> and people don't, manage, people don't manage the cash flow. Yeah. People get so um, hung up with the, um, what I call the operational side or the commercials of the business, you know what I mean? Mm, but, yes. but, not, but not focusing on the, on the financial insights. You know, okay, I want more sales. A lot of people as well focus on the top line, the revenue, the marketing, mm -hmm. the sales. But what they don't do is manage the middle section to get a good bottom line. Yeah. And uh, next thing I've seen as well is something called um something called, something called your cash conversion cycle. Mm -hmm. How quick can you convert, say, raw materials? Or even assets yeah. into, into sales, into profits, back into cash. 
So there are many big companies. There are many companies that have a lot of, if you're in the physical goods business, there are many businesses that have a lot of um, stock on the balance sheet. Yeah. But the rate at which they turn stock into sales, in the profits, in the cash is very slow. Mm. And if you're in the service business, you also still need to be able to leverage your assets, whatever assets you have. Even if it's money, you have to be able to know how to make the money make money. Yeah. There's a certain number of things around it anyway. I, I can talk about this for the whole day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that, uh, that's, that's brilliant. That's really key insight. So um, about, about you then, what is it that you, you offer people and their businesses and how can people uh, reach you and find you for uh, if they need anything from you? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So there's something that I'm actually launching. It's called the FBI Academy. Mm-hmm. Finance, Business and Investing Academy. Okay. So inside the FBI Academy, people can enhance their financial intelligence. They can, yeah. enhance, they can enhance their business intelligence, mm-hmm. like, you know, like using data to run your business better. And they yeah. can also enhance their intelligence, their, their, sorry, their investment intelligence. Yeah. You know, how to make your profits from your business uh, work for you. You know, because um, as an investor, you are effectively making money work for you. As a yeah. business owner, you have systems and processes that, uh, that, that you manage. And ultimately, I think business owners need to be investors. Yeah. Okay. So I, I help business owners to become investors. First of all, I help the business to become more profitable. Mm. So currently, I have this group coaching program that I'm actually running. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got a number of free um, um, stuff out there. Like I've, I've got a number of ebooks. I've got my own book. I've got a book on, on, on how to 10x your cash flow. Yeah. I've got a lot of free resources. I've also got um, a podcast as well. Yeah. Financial intelligence mindset. Yeah. So, people, so you can obviously look me up on LinkedIn, Royston yeah. coming back on LinkedIn, um, on Facebook, but they can also email me direct yeah. at, at Roy, R O Y, at rackmax.com, R A C M A C S.com. Yeah. Um, one of my companies called Rackmax, R A C M A C S. Yeah. And, and it's a management consultancy company that I really help business owners to transform their business. And turn it into a money-making machine. Machine, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, I was gonna uh, just write it up here. Rack- yeah, yeah, yeah. Rapmax, R A C M A C S dot com. R A C M A C S S. Yeah. So basically, my name is Royston Andrew Cumberbatch. That's R A C, and the M A C S means management consultancy solutions yeah so that's the one that's the yeah, one man. rackmax.com that's yeah. the one yeah that's brilliant. the one brilliant so, okay. yeah. no. so, so people people can go on there and they can see, see some of what i do i mean my background is i'm an accountant hmm. but i focus more now on helping people to be smarter with their money yeah. i focus more on the financial intelligence aspect as yeah. opposed to opposed to the accounting if people want accountancy services yeah um i have a business partner who can help with that but i don't do accounting for people i have them more um to make their business make more money yeah and then yeah. help them to invest that money they invest the money to grow for make, them so make the so, money work harder yeah so effectively i'm what is called a wealth creation mentor yeah yeah okay. and which 
which is very good for you because your your podcast is, is business and wealth mindset mindset yeah absolutely yeah. you know yeah. to, to get to get to get people into starting to think of those kind of things and it's uh it's great when people like yourselves come because you're contributing to the community of our listeners they're trying to understand and build that worth and actually get into that mindset of uh you know trying to build worth and these kind of resources like you know Right, marks and your uh, FBI, you know, are the kind of things that will uh, help the listeners and the community to build on this mindset and mentality. Yes, and, and yes. That. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've also got um. So once people contact me, I'll tell me tell me some of my free resources. I've mm -hmm. also got a, a Facebook group as well. Yeah. Which, which which is called Financial Intelligence and Business Growth. Mm -hmm. It's it's a Facebook group. Financial yeah. intelligence and business growth. Um, yeah. I've got a few hundred people there, and I do weekly um, Facebook lives. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of free resources for people who want to work with me. Like mm -hmm. I said earlier, I'm all in the in, in the spirit of giving back. Yeah. I, I, I do believe that the more you give, the more you get. So the first yeah. thing I do with people who work with me, the first thing I tend to do is give them value. Yeah. Give them value, you know. So yeah. I I tend to have an hour an hour um, an hour talk with people on some of the business, and mm -hmm. everyone everyone who who speaks to me, I give them a master plan for the business. Even if they don't want to work with me going forward, they yeah. still leave with something. With something that that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Now, Rasen, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. There's a lot of golden nuggets there, and uh, yeah. It tells me this is not uh, the last we've heard from you. I'm sure you will probably, you know, come back and talk to us about more of development course. and things that. Of, are, are of course. So uh, yeah, it's 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 really been great. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. And and sorry for the glitches. You know, we had a few glitches. You know, I get very um, excited. Yeah. I, I I'm very uh, high energy. Sometimes you know. Mm -hmm. I move around. I, I touch stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, that, that's good, and and that's what uh, you know. Listeners will get to to feel as well that that energy. So you're sharing and emanating that energy, and that's what uh, people need, especially in these sort of times with the pandemic and everything. We all need that energy to lift us. So it's it's good to to actually feel and get that from. Uh, you know, awesome guests like yourself. So it's it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you, thank you very much, and uh, I'm sure we'll speak soon and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you now. All, all the best wishes. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.